everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Martin Willis, your host, and we have a great show this evening for you. We have U.S. Uh, Congressman Tim Burchett, who's been a real champion for the UFO UAP uh, legacy and the government transparency. And uh, so I did a pre-record with him. I could not get him live for this show, but I settled for second best a pre-record that I did. It's about 35 minutes long. After that gets over, uh, Dean Alioto, my friend out in L.A., is going to be joining us. Uh, we're going to go over the uh, interview, and then we're going to take calls from the audience. So we'll, we'll put that number up for those people who are listening live. And this week, uh, for a blog, we have a 1968 UFO landing and trace case from Gleason, Arizona. That's a well-researched case that Charles Lear did. As always, he does great work. He's coming out with a new book, by the way. I don't have the working title for that yet, but within the next uh, month or two, I believe he's coming out with a new book. Always great stuff from Charles Lear. And uh, speaking of trace evidence, uh, got a contacted from a friend of the show, Dave Altman, and uh, he is looking for people. Uh, he's with uh, an organization that he's looking for people that have had ET experience of some, some kind and have any type of evidence. I know that's a real tricky one. I thought of uh, Julie Olson, who's been on this show, that uh, had things in her uh, driveway after an event back in the 60s or 70s, oh, 1980s, that is. But anyway, that email address is C, the letter C, Sanders, UFO show at gmail.com. I will put that in the show notes and down as well in the YouTube uh, text down below. So I'm going to get started and I'll see you after this. I will be in chat for those of you who are watching live and I will see you after this interview. And here we go. There he is. Yes, sir. Yes, I've seen that background before. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, brother. It's a real pleasure. And it was really nice meeting you. I was kind of impressed that you said you knew of my show, you know, a long time show uh, when we met this July. Yes, sir. Well, I, I keep up with like minded folks and I keep up with some of my enemies. But uh, <laughs> you, you, you seem like a friendly sort. And when we met, I, it was it was good to good to finally connect. Yes. Thank you. And uh, if it's OK, if I ask you this. Have you had an interest in the UFO topic for, was this something that you had prior to, uh, you know, becoming a, a congressman? Yeah, I'd probably since I'm 59, so I'd say when I was about six or seven, maybe. Um, I was a weird kid, you know, I, I, I was always reading about stuff. And you go to the library, um, or the library, as some of the good old boys would call it, like Polybar. Yeah. But um, we would, um, and they'd have these books set out, you know, for for young kids to look at, you know, and it was just, and maybe it wasn't for young kids, I don't know. It had something on Bigfoot and had something on UFOs. And, and I just thought, well, that's pretty cool. I picked one of those up. And of course, I looked at the pictures and then started reading the stories and then found out about Roswell, New Mexico, 1947. And, you know, and I, I just, and I had a, um, I have a notebook where I would, take clippings since before the internet newspapers or magazine clippings of, you know, is this a UFO, you know, and then you'd go through spells in the seventies where people would claim they see these, you know, UFOs and things. And, 
Mm. And I mean, I never did. I, uh, a buddy of mine, three, me and two other of my buddies, um, one of them's dead now, actually grew up with, we were on top of a, um, it was a, what a mountain. It was a water tower that was buried, but it was at the top of this hill and we slept on top of it. Oh, we, you know, you're kids, you didn't do much sleeping and saw this ring in the sky and it was just, and we've all, we kind of all woke up and we looked and we saw this thing and, and what it was, was a, um, um, we're in a few miles from the, from our, um, air force base, obviously. And it was actually a jet, the afterburners doing wow. that, but, um, but still, you know, and then, and, you know, and I, I knew about Roswell and things like that. And I used to have a, um, um, after college, I had a little truck and trailer business. Hmm. Remember when I was putting a trailer hitch on this guy's Jeep and he had, uh, his license tags were New Mexico. And I said, Hey, I said, you know, you know where Roswell is? And he said, sure. It's where the, the big UFO. Uh, and I said, you know anything about that UFO thing? And he said, he said, I do. He said, my father was in the army air corps and you know, and people say that was an air force. Well, it was the air corps before it was the air force. And of course, daddy fought in the Pacific. My mama flew an airplane during the second world war. So I knew this guy was, you know, on the right trajectory. And he said, you know, his dad had worked there uh, at the base. And, um, and he stated that it was, um, they always had heard that it was two different crafts and collided in the air. Hmm. And he went, pretty interesting details that, that I, that, that always struck me. And I've always remembered that conversation, but fast forward to Congress, I'm walking down the street and the, um, a guy had a camera, you know, and cameras to politicians are like magnets to steel. <laughs> he said, yeah. and it was a buddy of mine. He does, he works for TMZ of all things. And he said, Hey, what about that new report coming out on UFOs, Tim? And I said, I said, yeah, it's going to have more holes in it than Swiss cheese. I said, it'll be ridiculous. I said, oh no, it's going to be a big one. This is the one. I said, it won't be. I said, listen, more people believe in UFOs than believe in Congress. And I, that was the, one of the big quotes they picked up, I ended up putting it on a t-shirt and I sell it on my website. Oddly <laughs> enough. But, but then, um, and so I started getting calls from people, you know, and I, that's, I ended up meeting Louis Elizondo and, um, yeah, I mean, just, just the whole crew, everybody you see on every TV show I've, I've met with. And, mm -hmm. um, and some of them, some people I've met with prefer not to be mentioned, you know, and, mm -hmm. And I've been to the bases to talk to people and been, we were turned away, you know, and, and yeah. just, it's just a, you know, and it's just very frustrating to me. And, I, and I've said, look, it's not necessarily about little green men and space saucers. It's about tens of millions of your dollars paid into something to research something that they claim has, does not exist since 1947. And I, hmm. and that infuriates me as a taxpayer and as a, as a, member of Congress. And, um, and we need to, and that needs to be a dry. And, and I've started pushing that more because it broadens the net past all of us that, you know, and a lot of these people have been discouraged and called names and I have, and I've mm -hmm. you know, been seeing the, the push polls about, you know, Tim Burchett, he's, he's, he's always talking about these little green men who cares about that. Well, who cares about, tens of million, if not billions of dollars from a Pentagon that is lot that literally has lost a half a trillion or can't account for, I should better say, 
a half hmm. a trillion dollars in assets. A half a trillion. That's it's not. It's not even imaginable. It's hmm. yeah. It's it's uh, or as the good old boys say, it's unfathomable. It's actually unfathomable, but you know. What I mean. Yeah. And so, um, and I'm not making fun of good old boys because I am one. So it's okay. <laughs> That's yeah. Good. Well, to put in perspective, you know, uh, half a trillion because a trillion, if you counted to a trillion, it would take you 30,000 years day and night. And I bring that up because a lot of people can't picture that amount of money. And it's just so it would take you 15,000 years day and night to count to half a trillion, you know, which is really uh, quite, quite amazing if you think of it in that in that term. I've had some people that uh, wrote in some questions. I thought they were pretty good. Right. And you mentioned uh, Lou Elizondo just a few minutes ago, and um, he had mentioned, and I wondered if he had ever or you ever heard about this 23-minute video that he claims will be very telling that may be coming out at some point. Have you ever heard about that? I have. I have. <laughs> Is there anything you could say about that? Or? <laughs> well, I'll let Lou, if it needs to be said, I don't want to... Um, yeah, okay. I just and there's quite a few things out there that I wish, and that is one of them that I wish I wish we could get get out because apparently it has some pretty good proof. Um, you know, the, the mm. problem is if you remember Gordo Cooper, one of our original, yeah. I think Apollo astronauts, he lived. I mean, the guy's a hero. He doesn't have to brag about anything. Doesn't have to bring up anything about UFOs. Yeah. Or, but you know, there's a video of him, and I've seen it. It's on YouTube. Yep. It talks about he talks about how a craft came in at one of the places and the landing gear came out and it landed and then and I can't remember the whole story, but they videoed it and then they called and, um they took it to I think Wright Patterson, or as they say Wright Pat. And um and then they called the next day to make sure they got it and they said, We don't know what you're talking about it about. And um, you know, so anything that's out that's there right. is being destroyed. And right. I wonder about that. A lot of times, you know, when Kirkpatrick says, you know, we don't have the data and stuff like that. Well, I know if I'd let, just like to bring up one circumstance alone, and that is the Tic Tac event. When that when that Hawkeye landed on the uh, aircraft carrier, they removed the data bricks of what they uh, what they captured. Yeah. And those data bricks were picked up uh, and taken away. So when he says there's no data available, which brings me to another question from from a listener, and that is, um, let's see, um, do you think that AARO Kirkpatrick are government sanctioned disinformation campaigns? Do you think that's a possibility? Oh, one hundred percent. I get people call me all the time with, uh, which I think is disinformation. But here's the difference: you have people that are knowingly lying, but you have people that have been told things and has shown things that are possibly false so that they will leak them to the public and leak them to people like me to discredit the whole, the whole cause. And yeah. that's, I don't go forward with stuff when I get it because AI, unless I see it, unless I yeah. hold hand and with AI and everything else out there now, it, to me, it's all suspect, but I, I don't have to, I don't have to have proof about something. I believe if I have faith, it's kind of like, you know, the scientists always try to disprove the Bible and they say, well, Bertrand, how can you believe the Bible? And, you know, I can bring you a scientist in that can say it can prove my what I think. But the reality is I live by faith. 
And I have faith that something there's more than than us out there. I go out, I do yeah. this, night and I talk about it every time. And I'm, I apologize if you heard me say this, but every night I take my dogs out to go to the bathroom. And if there's there's stars in the sky, I look up at them, and I just can't imagine. But the light from those stars literally left there before the time of Christ. Yeah. I mean, you know, in God's vast universe, are we the best that He can can do? And every every society, every religion. I'm a Christian, not a very good one, but you know, I read the Bible. I talk about Ezekiel saw the wheel, and and um, in the first Genesis one, God created the heavens and the earth, the heavens. And so I just um, I, and I don't I don't fear it. Um, hmm. I answer to a little higher calling than that, but I I and so I just. Um, I don't, I don't worry too much about all that. I, I just want the government to be more forthcoming with what they have. And yeah, part I, of it, yeah, part of it. Yeah. Oak Ridge National Laboratory backs up to my district. I don't live there, but I have like over 6,000 people that work there. And during the second world war, they had over 2000 people there working on the atomic bomb and less than 12 of those people knew what they were working on. Husbands and wives. Amazing. Brothers and sisters, moms and dads, grandparents, they didn't know because it was compartmentalized. And that's exactly what this thing is. And the people that knew that had all the, the pieces to put together, most of them are long gone. They're dead. Mm, so, right. Yeah. And I've always wondered about the generational type of situation that, you know, how that gets the, the whoops. You there? Tim, you there? There you go. Yeah. Cut out on me. I'm that again yeah i see you uh no i've always wondered about you know the generations when the generations move on how this gets handled through compartmentalized type situations yeah you know i, I think what if they um um through the compartmentalization and that is by design and that it is handed off to private contractors who have quasi-governmental relationship to where people like me and the press and you cannot FOIA them, which is FOIA is freedom right. of information. And it's that way by design. They can put that off there. They can be analyzing something, whether it be real or false or something created in the lab or something that's extraterrestrial and they don't know it. And it's been so compartmentalized. All they're doing is analyzing something. They don't know where it come from. It's not came from. It's not their business. They don't care. They just want to know its properties, why it does what it does. And if you say you had a saucer or some crap, it's it. I mean, the technology is like if I, I'm a motorcycle guy. So if I took an old Harley, I collect old motorcycles. I got 40s and 50s and old stuff. But say I brand new motorcycle back to um, um, the Mayflower. You know, they come over here and they find them a Harley Sportster on the beach. I mean, it's just going to be a bright, shiny object. They're not going to know how to make gasoline. They might get it started. But it'd be very rarely they could fix it. Very rare that they could drive it for sure. They wouldn't know how to put air in the tires. I mean, they're all they're not even carbureted anymore. They don't even have screwdrivers. You know, they wouldn't have and so yeah. you you fast forward to something that's light years away or inner you know, now there's the talk of this interdimensional stuff, and I don't get all that. I okay, I'll I'll tell you one quick story. Yeah. Um kind of bondish, but I was I was told that by some folks in DC that some folks wanted to meet with me 
And I said, well, great. Tell him to call Denise and set it up. I'll, I'll meet him here, whatever, at the office. And they said, no, they don't want to come up here. And I said, okay. And they said, they'd rather come to your house if you could do that. And I said, well, okay, I'll be home on Saturday. They walk in and um, I was three or four of them. I can't even remember now, but they, they said, can we hook up to your television? And they hook up to my television and they're showing me stuff. It's just not, you know, and they're talking to me about stuff that I, it's so out of my league, you know, I mean, I'm a, it took me six years to get out of UT undergrad. Okay. So uh, <laughs> physics, um, interdimensional, that kind of thing uh, to me is in, uh, in, planetary systems that are light years away and 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 just all this stuff to me is um is out there and i you know and i i mean i dig it i'm not knocking it because i don't understand it but mm -hmm. ultimately my goal is just get to the bottom of what the government knows and, and get it to the people yeah yeah i agree about that 100 percent um now i wondered if you had heard uh i guess today uh representative andy ogles said that he feels positive that there's going to be a select committee on UAP. Have you heard or have you discussed that? Sure. Um, yeah, Andy's out of, he's out of Middle Tennessee. He and I discussed that. So, yeah, there's talk of that. And I hope if they do it, I'm put on it. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if I get canned on this thing because they've, uh, you know, they, I, I was, um, it was a Saturday, and I, it's funny, a, a buddy of mine who's actually a judge, a friend of mine, we grew up together, and he was at the house, and, and I got a call from somebody, and I'll, I'll go unmentioned, but they were high up in the Trump administration, and um, and they said, hey, man, you really, and I'll paraphrase, I can't remember exactly, but he said, he went on some of the lines, you've really kicked the hornet's nest at the Pentagon, and he mm -hmm. said, you, bet you need to get some bodies around you. Wow. And I said, yeah. you know, I come in Tennessee. I don't, I don't know. You know, we're, we're take things a little different down here, dude. Um, but, uh, you know, and I realized I've kicked the hornet's test and the big boys are coming after me and they're coming after me in this election and they'll do everything they can to discredit me because really all Washington is, is a portfolio over people. It's just about, they don't care as long as these missile defense companies are, putting out this high tech stuff in their stock portfolio. It's not natural for somebody to make 30 or 40% year in and year out. And there's, everybody always talks about Pelosi. She's not even, she's not even halfway up the scale, dude. I mean, there's people making two and 300% off their investments, you know, there's just, or two, excuse me. So, you know, I, uh, it's a vicious, vicious thing, but I hope, hope a lot more congressmen. And the reason they're getting involved in it is because their constituents are calling. A 60 plus percent. And that's why NASA and I'm sure the FBI and everybody else is going to come to us and the Pentagon, of course, is going to come to us for more funding. And it's just about funding. It's not about doing what's right. Just show me what you got. Show me what you got. Yeah. Quit trying to keep it with the elite uniparty of Democrats and Republicans that just, you know, pat us on the head and tell us just to trust them. I'm tired of that. I don't trust them. And they're selling us out. Wow. Well, wow. now I want to tell you that um, the uh, person that has uh, written me these questions, um, well, one of them uh, is very interesting. I don't know if you're aware of this at all, but there has been some 
Wikipedia editing to discredit people like David Grush, Ross Coldheart, George Knapp, and they're blocking yep. the edits to put back in what should be in there. And there seems to be some bolstering of people like Mick West and something, you know, people along those lines. I wondered if you had heard anything about this Wikipedia. Yeah. Wikipedia, as far as I could throw the dome off the Capitol. Um, <laughs> yeah. They put a bunch of lies on there about me. Somebody said, you see, and somebody will read something on my resume. And I'm like, where the heck did you get that? What is that? I'd go take your time. Oh, it's on Wikipedia. Like that's, uh, you know, it's, it's like Abraham Lincoln said. Abraham Lincoln said he didn't believe half the stuff that was written on the internet about him. So I, I'm with Abraham. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and let's see the um, Luna uh, representative Luna and Apolina Luna. Very nice. Yeah. Um, I, I was in the room there and saw her uh, talk. I really like what she said, but you know, she was quoted after that classified briefing on Friday, the 12th. She said, this has been a long-term to long-term effort to really keep this information outside the purview of Congress. And I know you you have basically shared that um, you believe the same thing. And do you think that there will be, I'm gonna tie this in with, do you think there's going to be firsthand whistleblowers that'll actually come out at some point? If they live long enough. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's pretty scary. A lot of people are talking about that. A lot of people well, are talking well, about the possibility of that. When I, when I was kicking in, the proverbial hornet's nest, I always say I am not suicidal and I don't go near cliffs. So, yeah. so uh, if something happens, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, getting back to Sean Kirkpatrick, one of the things, you know, he went on this op-ed or an opinion piece that he had, and he basically said, you know, things like uh, this is all, you know, secondhand witnesses, thirdhand witnesses, rehashing, getting everyone all excited about nothing. But what he does, what he doesn't explain is that I personally know a firsthand witness that spoke to them for four and a half hours. And he also talked about beings that he encountered at a uh, missile launch site. And uh, so you never hear him talking about those type of things, which yeah. Um, I think yeah. it's kind of unfortunate. He's got that much guts. He ought to get some of those, some of our top pilots in the world that are in our brave men and women, our military that I've talked to and, and the things that they've chased and seen. I mean, I don't know what you, how much more firsthand you get than that. These guys are pulled off the flight line. They're interrogated for eight hours. They get a blemish on their record. Some of them have told us they destroyed um, ed evidence so they wouldn't have to even go through it you know I, i'm sick of people like that all they're doing is discrediting there's some you know they've driven a four-legged mahogany which is a desk they've never been in combat they never endured any of this stuff they've never you know outside of their first class seat on a american airlines jet that's about as much you know travel as they've done and um i get, I get kind of i don't like discrediting america and that's what they did to grush you know they they they, yep. they drew back of though they got onto him for his PTSD, and I said maybe in Washington D.C. All right, hold on. Yep, yep. no hurry. Yep. Okay, I don't remember what I was saying. I was getting irate about something. <laughs> well, firsthand military—they basically ruined them. So that brought me uh, to where I would like to. I'll just interject. Have you? I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, 
someone that had on my show. He's only talked about it two times. He was Lance Corporal Jonathan Wigan. And he had, this is an artist rendition, but he was a firsthand witness to this craft that uh, he was basically had his military career ruined over, um, which he was in Peru at Operation Laser Strike in 1997. Uh, they thought it was a, a friendly fire downing. And uh, when they arrived there, they found a craft like this with liquid coming out of it, changing colors, and the craft itself was changing colors. Anyway, he was interrogated by these guys in black camo. He thinks they were the Department of Energy for some reason, terribly interrogated and uh, held basically captive for two weeks and then sent back to the States after that. And basically his uh, military uh, career was ruined because of that. Yeah, I, um, that's the second time I've heard instances of a Department of Energy involvement um, in this thing. So, I mean, you know, Stands to reason if there's a craft that has zero, um, um, you know, a zero heat signature, hmm. that could, uh, that could be, uh, that could be troubling for our, in, uh, our, uh, energy sector. They'd have to retool and it put them hmm. all out of business and we wouldn't be in all these miserable wars that we're in overseas. Now I'm getting warm. I'm going to take my jacket off. Um, yeah. and I, again, the industrial war complex or whatever you want to call them war pimps at the Pentagon. Um, they're not, they're not for us. They're for them. They don't care. They're the ones out on the tarmac taking the president's hand every time where he's a Democrat or Republican, that's uniparty bunch needs to go. Yeah. Right. And there's so much money involved. And if you talk about, you know, people being killed or whatever, there's a lot to protect or possibly a lot to protect. So I want to bring this up here because this is another thing from Kirkpatrick. And this is uh, the supposed drones that uh, China is saying that they have that can do fantastic maneuverabilities and things like that. And so I reached out to Ryan Graves today. I haven't heard back from him yet, but I just wondered what he thought about that because what he claims he saw off the East Coast was a clear sphere with a cube yeah. in the interior. So it's yeah. not exactly that type of thing. So again, it's, uh, I don't know, more disinformation. I don't know if these things are even operative yet. Yeah, I've been briefed on on that by some other folks too as well on the clear thing. I don't get it. Again, interdimensional and, you know, and there's a big movement within the Christian community of the um, the flames of the, um, the giants and, um, fallen angels interbreeding and with humans. I don't know. There's a lot of, there's so many different groups again. And I, I don't, I don't rain on anybody's parade. I don't call any of it out just cause I just don't understand it. So, um, yeah, I, I see my goal or my is just get to the bottom of it, get the truth out there and let the American public handle it. Um, yeah. What would you say is some like positive things that, since you've been looking into this topic, are, do you feel as though that there is, I mean, what I see as positive is that there's bipartisan, you know, agreements on this type of thing, the transparency. Jared Moskowitz, and we're about as far apart as you can get. Um, and I try to be a Christian, he's Jewish, a Democrat. I'm conservative, he's, you know, kind of a free spirit. He played Santa Claus at, at my Christmas party this year though, so. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Great. <laughs> yeah. 
They said, hey, don't you know, how can Santa Claus be Jewish? And I said, hey, my Savior's Jewish. If I want my Santa Claus to be Jewish, Dad, me can be it anyway. But Jared's a dear friend. I love him. He loves me. We have a great time. We don't agree on much other than this issue, but we have a great time. And he, um, and you know, AOC, I asked her and she's been a part of it. And yeah, about it's, and, and that's another reason they don't like this kind of thing because it is something that we do agree on and they just try to destroy it and rain mm-hmm. on, rain on it as much as they can, because if we're fighting, it keeps it keeps the attention away from the from the prize, and that's what the big boys love because they're, you know, they're passing their two thousand page bills. You don't know what's in it, and and they're getting fat. And if Republicans, Democrats started to agree on things and started looking into things together, we would be unstoppable. And, uh, and right, they just yeah. don't. Yeah. Now, do you feel like how do you feel overall? Do you feel like that there's so, I believe that there's a lot of momentum going on here. And I wondered how you felt about that with, uh, with being able to get somewhere. The only thing that, that hurt, I think, is when the Schumer um, the bill was kind of gutted. You know, that- My gutted, Schumer's amendment was gutted. I mean, that shows you how much power these people have. Hmm. You know, I mean, they, they got gutted, you would think that that would have been the number one story on the news, but it, boy, it went, it went down quick. Schumer didn't push it afterwards. And um, he made a couple of statements on the Senate floor and then that, and he moved on. Yeah. And, you know, I talked to people that wrote that amendment. Um, I just, and I, we're over the target. The big boys, yeah. defense industry knows it. And um, and they're gonna and they're gonna spend millions in these next elections working on defeating people like myself and Luna and um, Nancy Mace. They'll go after Gates and a few and probably Andy as well. Um, and so you know it's just uh, and I don't know what they'll do on the Democrat side. I'm not privileged to you know any kind of nonsense over there, but I'm sure it'll be very close to the same thing. And yeah. they'll be in their ear saying, Hey man, you need to back off this thing. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had like that. And people telling me to, you know, they're being, some of them are my friends saying, Hey man, you need to back off this deal. Is this, you know? And so I don't know. Yeah. We'll, you know, and a lot of times uh, that's done through, you know, more or less ridicule. I understand that that's, you know, I've, I've been at this a while and I've seen, I've seen the changes. It's much better than it used to be. I mean, I can't imagine you even discussing this before that article came out in the New York Times back in 2017. Yeah. Uh, this wouldn't be a discussion any of us would have. Yeah. So I think I, that's where we made a lot of changes. I said that at our hearing, our public hearing that got so much publicity at the end. I said, if one thing we accomplished tonight, today, is that is that the people that have been made fun of and laughed at and ridiculed people that we, there's people up here that believe you and that, that we, we, we are trying to get to the bottom of it. And that, you know, and that, that was it. You know, I mean, these people, they're Democrats, Republicans, heck they're mugwumps. I don't know. They're everything. And, and, you know, they, they, they deserve, they deserve to be heard. And it was actually the largest attended hearing. I was told, I think one of the old timers told me in like 15 years, there were, they had to set up another room where people could right. watch 
They couldn't, and people wouldn't give up their seats. I don't know. I don't know if they had catheters in or what, but they didn't get up to go to the bathroom or anything, brother. That's and right. It, it was a was, people in the crowd from the UFO community. I was the second to last person in the door. And the only reason I got in is because I called some people out that cut in front of us. And luckily it scared them off <laughs> and uh, second to last person in. And uh, boy, that was that was historic. And I couldn't believe the people in the hallways. You know, from what I understand, there was over a thousand people showed up. So there you was. can't tell me there's not some interest in this. Yeah, I got up. I had to be at Fox News at about 430 to do a five o'clock show. And I was coming out the door and there were people outside. And they right. said, the That's I met you. Yeah. 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 And they, they knew who I was and they, it was, uh, it was encouraging, but I, I hope we gave them a little bit of hope. I think so. And, um, I think, I think, uh, you have been very instrumental in this and I really want to thank you for pushing this and I hope that you don't give up. And, uh, you know, I think that, like you said, there's, there's a lot of power behind, uh, this not coming out. And, but, you know, I think, it's going to have to be addressed at this point uh, one way or another. And one of the things I think that was probably an issue was the eminent domain issue in uh, Schumer's bill. That may have been like a step too far that, uh, you know, I mean, they could have maybe clarified, yes, we do have it. But the eminent domain part, uh, I think, is what would really cause an issue with people, uh, private, you know, companies with uh, lots of funds behind them. They don't want to lose that. I think some things that are going to leak out or or locations are where information or, or some of this material or objects are. And I'll and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. yeah okay. Another long along those lines, another quick question on that is uh and I've asked this of Luell's on doing maybe uh Chris Mellon, I mean I think I've asked him, but I can't remember. But have you yourself seen information that you can't talk about but just that you think is extremely compelling. Yes. Yeah. I knew that would be the answer, but I just had to hear you say it. Yes. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, as we move forward, uh, what are the next steps? Are there going to be some more hearings? Are you aware of any of that? Yeah, we, um, of course, we had the double secret one in the skiff and, um, and some things will be, we're going to help. That's going to help us formulate and that help. I don't know if it converted anybody, but it sure got, it raised some eyebrows. I noticed in the room and I was pleased with that. I didn't, I threw a couple of softballs, but I wanted everybody else to talk because I already knew the answer to my questions. And uh, now people yeah. be. Now what uh, about when Grush had, uh, I heard that he was not able to go into the skiff because he lost his clearance yeah. or something along those lines. How did that? That's a bunch of, that, that ought to tick taxpayers off even more because mm. all that is an attempt to block the truth. I agree. Well, um, you know, I expected you to be on for only 15 minutes and uh, we're closing in on uh, 35 and yes. uh, it, it's been really wonderful. And I guess in closing, is there anything, any type of hope you can give um, the listeners uh, with this whole uh, situation. Yeah, the hope is in the election. Ah. That, that. They're going to come after us, all of us. I mean, I've got some great 
you know, people give me a lot of credit, but the committee members are where it's at. They're the ones I can show up and then, they, you know, you're not going to get anybody than me and, and, uh, and nobody <laughs> in my own blog or something. <coughs> but, <coughs> excuse me, but I think that we should, um, you got to support your, your folks. You got to vote for them. You got to get out, speak the truth about them because the other side is going to wear us out, wear us out. Yeah. Uh, and they want to shut us down and they'll yeah. use revenues. They won't say all oh, the UFO stuff. They'll go some other ang angle, but it's, 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 it's a lot to do with that. And this is, we've rattled a lot of big cages. Yes. Yeah. Again, thank you so much. Um, you doing the good fight. And I know that everybody in the UFO community has really appreciated that. I've had all kinds of people, you know, tell me how much they appreciate what you've been doing out there. Okay. Well, you can follow me on Twitter or X at, at Tim Burchett and I, and we'll, we'll get on it. Thank you, brother. Keep putting the truth out there. Nervous. You bet. Thank you everyone for watching that. I am back and I have Dean Alioto from the West Coast. Dean, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here in the West yeah. Coast. <laughs> yeah. So we watched that pre-record. Uh, and so what do you think overall? Um, you know, I mean, you've heard him talk before, but, uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's, uh, I thought the most interesting part is that, you know, when he said that he, he kind of kicked the hornet's nest and, you know, that, that it's, it's, he's a little worried about that. Yeah. So by kicking the hornet's nest, um, I, I, I think specifically, and he started out talking about this at the beginning, he said, um, it's not just the UFO material and evidence that he's trying to get. He's also trying to get the basically DOD, the military industrial complex to be accountable for all these funds. Yeah. That's the bigger hornet's nest than than ufo artifacts etc it doesn't seem that way but it but it is i mean this is a you know a uh, an organization a company uh, if you will to a degree that has you know budgetary needs that continue on and on and and yes there's mystery around that and some of it is mystery that that should be with regards to you know being you know generate new technology and defensive technology but to the extent that it is it you know the math has never mathed out if you will yeah, I mean, just the fact that he mentioned that there could be up to half a trillion dollars of missing funds, you know, in general over the years, uh, that is just absolutely crazy. And, you know, they can't when they talk about five hundred dollars screwdrivers and stuff like that. You know, I mean, this is money that goes it just plain disappears, you know. Yeah. And I started counting um, and to, to what the number was. And I realized that it was, yeah, it was going to be 15,000 years before I finished counting. So I, I gave up. Yeah. I got hungry. I had a sandwich. Yeah. How, how many years did you get? Oh, I got like maybe five dog years. <laughs> Not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, I think uh, I really, uh, really think he's a character and really uh, enjoyed him. And it was great to see him when I was in Washington, D.C. And uh, so there's someone that keeps talking about the Databricks. So, I'd like to bring up exactly what I know about them. And it's been such a, I don't know, two or three years since I interviewed the person that 
handle those bricks from the uh, Hawkeye that landed um, on the Nimitz. And basically what happened that if I remember, I may get a little bit of this wrong, but it's mostly going to be clear. So they captured these Tic Tacs, uh, a number of them up above, you know, the operations of the training mission. And so they definitely had on uh, their data, they had that information and uh, not, not video. We're talking about just the data bricks and uh, they put them in the safe and log them like they do every single um, time after, uh, you know, an operation and someone came aboard the ship. I don't know how they got their helicopter, I guess. And uh, I believe that's what it was. And he thought it might've been someone from the air force. Wasn't sure uh, by the, his, uh, the, his uh, uniform that he was wearing. It was, he was just unsure, you know, what branch, but most likely air force. And then the captain came down with him and he had to open the safe and hand him the data bricks from that mission only. And in the chat room, people or a person was writing, oh, they just record over those. Well, this these were taken off for that particular reason because they contained some very important information. And uh, the part that I get frustrated about is when the, uh, you know, Kirkpatrick says there's absolutely no data for the Nimitz case. Uh, he said, I, saw, I, watched a, I watched him at this type of uh, conference or something. Can't remember exactly what it was. And he basically said that you out there as a public have all the data that I have. And that's those videos on, on YouTube. So that's all we have on that. And um, how could he say for military operation with all the uh, equipment uh, that they have and all the way of recordings that they have of all this information that that is all they have as the government is all that's all they have is what we can see on YouTube. I thought that was just BS. Okay, so let's look at this. Um, the footage that we did see, the Tic Tac, uh, um, you know, from all the different Roosevelt, from all the different, the three that go fast and um, uh, the, um, oh my God, just my brain. Gimble. Gimble. Um, so there's more footage of that. But I, I, I've, I kind of feel like I've seen enough of that. If it's a closer viewpoint where I'm actually, you know, seeing this thing come up around half a mile and getting really close, like, uh, um, like Fraber, uh, uh, saw Fraber saw, then I'm excited. Then it's like, okay, I can see some more detail at everything else. But if it's just, you know, uh, extended minutes of the same footage and just watching this thing going, I don't know what we can really, um, glean from it. And I guess the belief is something really interesting happened that, that they didn't want to share. But um, so I, I'm kind of wondering what is that extra footage really going to reveal? I'm more interested in, in footage that they have from separate cases because all this stuff has been recorded and it's not just been flare footage and everything. It's been high end cameras and stuff. I don't think that's a big leap for me to say that 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 uh, most likely exists out there. Right. Yeah. And I'm not I wasn't talking about just the video. Also, I was talking about, you know, they have all types of radar data. They have, I think, three different types of radar that they were recording these things on. You know, I mean, the 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 80,000 foot down to the level of the sea, uh, you know, in less than a second, all that stuff they had 
you know, they def when they have radar running, it's everything's recorded. And I don't think they would just erase that stuff. I mean, I, I think it would be way too important myself. Unless, you know, as uh, these people that I'm on Crossfire with, uh, by the way, that's this coming Thursday night, uh, every Thursday night at 8 to 10 p.m. on this uh, YouTube channel and on KGRA radio. Um, so on that show that I'm on, they're all convinced except myself that that was totally a military, uh, you know, experimental craft. And uh, Dean's got some things going on. I'm going to. Yeah, it was a uh, just a quick. Uh uh alarm that had to go off yeah um and that was telling me that we were talking about something very scary and we should watch it and that was the alarm to say whoa hold on <laughs> dial it back a little bit <laughs> okay yeah um, sorry you were saying yeah i mean they have all the they have all these different ways of recording things and and i just don't think that they would get rid of something like that unless no. it was a military operation that they knew about and so it didn't matter. And that that's what everyone on Crossfire, UAP Crossfire, they're doing Thursday nights. All those guys that are on that channel, on that show with me in particular, they all believe it, it was one of ours. That's our, that the Tic Tac was one of ours. And I, I, I just totally disagree with that. Yeah, with here's them. the problem that I have with that is um, these crafts, the, the, the design of them, the performance of them have been described for decades. Yes. Yeah. So just stop hitting that drum because it's it's yeah. a flat note and it makes no sense when you compare the history of reports. So I, I don't even entertain that anymore. I'm just like, yeah. Well, you know, we look at um, we look at the stealth bomber. It was about 20 years for that to come out. Okay, and it was a pretty big leap. 20 years. And as soon as we created it, we started using it. Why would we create technology? that could go in and take out Osama bin Laden as an example and not have to have two of these Black Hawk helicopters that had pretty awesome technology themselves. Um, it, it just, it doesn't make, make sense. And so to have them fly again, I guess we have to unpack this and rewind this again, to have them go and excuse my, my crudity, dick with a bunch of top gun pilots in their airspace all it takes is someone, you know, um, getting confused and, and, you know, going into the ocean, into the splash. And that's it. For what? Just to yeah. see, oh, can they handle this? No. You can pull these people aside confidently and say, hey, let's do a little scrimmage here. We've got this new technology. And we don't have to tell you if anything's in it or not. But we're, we're so far away from, from this technology. And it's not like we're, you know, 10 years away. You know, it's or 25. I think we're pretty, pretty far away. I mean, because, again, it's also the crafts that are being seen underwater. And I want to start asking questions like, OK, so if a craft is moving in the air, it's able to avoid birds, it's able to avoid planes. But when you're going in the water and you're moving as fast as these fast runners are going, you're going to hit things underneath there. Fish, I mean, tons of stuff. And how does that happen? How do they navigate yeah. through that? I mean, you know, the nuances are, are at this point, what is interesting to me? The idea that, well, there could be footage of UFOs. Yes, we've seen that. It does exist. The Navy has said so. What I'm also equally interested in is the response of the government. Um, you know, uh, Jim Penniston, okay, with uh, Renosham Forest. 
why does he need soy and pentothal to be interviewed after? And OSI has been a part of that, um, that method of operation several times. You know, Terry Lovelace uh, in, in my new documentary, he talks about that, um, that, you know, he was taken and, and given this stuff. I don't know that that's, that would ever happen in any other situation. No one has ever said, oh, yeah, we crashed a plane. And, um, you know, are we interacted with um, the Russians and we took them down and everything? And, oh, did you? We'll come in here and we need to talk to you and investigate you for uh, an, you know, abnormal length of time. So. Well, I, I've got some, I, I'm a little leery of talking about this, but I think it's it, it's an interesting thing that happened to me today. And uh, I, uh, I was in a retirement community talking to this a uh, really nice gentleman, um, you know, fairly, fairly old gentleman. And uh, one thing led to another. And I got up the courage to say that I do a show on UFOs, basically. And he said to me, oh, uh, well, I used to work at Wright Pat for the DOD. And, and the wing that I was in, in the 1970s, they started this secret UFO program. And I said, wait, 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 what, what? Uh, I said, I, I need details. And he goes, no, he says, well, I used to have like coffee and, you know, the cafeteria talk. He said, but we never, you know, I could never hear anything more than, you know, just that type of thing. So he said, I don't even remember the name of it. And, he's, and he was aware of Project Blue Book. Well, the reason why this is so important, and I want to get as much information as I can, is we all know that Project Blue Book closed in 1969 and there was nothing to the UFO phenomenon. And if they opened up something secretly in the DOD that was investigating UFOs, according to him, in the 70s, I think that's a very interesting story. And I said, I, I would like to find out as much as you know about it, because I'd like to, you know, send out a FOIA, you know, freedom of information request, you know, and try to get some documents to try to figure that out, which yeah. I think is fascinating. Now, this may end up being nothing, uh, but it was pretty exciting for me today to... Uh, to have that conversation. Well, not to diminish Jalen Hynek's work and the others of Project Blue Book, but it was kind of set up to be the PR mm -hmm. yeah. of, of UFOs and not the real deal. There was always a parallel um, a program going on uh, investigating um, for, from what I understand. And, you know, again, I, I always kind of say to people when I speak at, you know, conventions and stuff, as I say, just ask yourself, what would you do? in that situation? What would you do as the government? You know, do you want that technology out there? Do you want people seeing it? Do you want people kicking the tires who shouldn't be kicking any tires when it comes to, you know, this? So it's, it's, again, it's, it's acknowledgement. We got that. That's a big thing. So my question is, what do we want next? And what we want, because we love show and tell, is we want to see the material. We want yeah. to see debris. Yeah. And so, um, okay, so if we look at debris and everything, and, and then we go, wow, we're holding it, right? Let's go down that path. We're holding it. We're going, God damn, this is incredible. It's light. It's, you can't bend it. You can't, you know, set it on fire. So then what do we do with that? You know, we can fold it into certainly into technologies and stuff that'll help us. Um, the biggest thing is coming up with metal, which we are going to come up with, and that's not too far in the future that is going to be a thousand times stronger than the metal that we have and lighter, which will allow us not to have to, you know, use up as much fuel for planes, et cetera. 
also yeah. cars and everything. So that's helpful. But mm -hmm. any anti-gravitational, uh, anti-gravitational type of of, um, of machinery and stuff, that's a game changer. That is that is a bigger weapon, I would venture to say, than the hydrogen bomb. Mm. And so. I, you know, who does that go to? What are we going to see? It's, you know, I, so I, I keep going again, let's walk down that hallway, you know, for, for medical reasons and stuff. Yes. I would love to have any technology that would be able to, to cure cancer, et cetera, and the suffering that we have. But when it comes to really high end stuff that can be weaponized, because we weaponize everything, especially this country. Yeah. It, we're not going to get that. That's never going to happen. And so it, it ends up being people like you and others um, who have seen it and had their own encounters and also the experiencers. And so it's kind of like disclosure is given to those that they deem, they uh, deem, you know, um, not worthy, but, but they have, you know, their reasons for. So, yeah, that was a tangent, but it was, and you know what, we are out of time. Can you believe we never even had time for Collins, but uh, oh, no. yeah. But I want to thank you all for uh, watching the interview with uh, Burchett tonight. And thank you, Dean, for coming in. And we'll have to have you back again soon. Like, uh, you're always such a great friend of the show and helped me out. Um, but anyway, uh, I love you, man. And we'll see you soon. Love you, too. Thank you for doing awesome work. All right. All right. Take care. All right, everyone. We'll be back next week with none other than Dave Foley and Tom Wheeler. So it should be a great show next week. Uh, with the Tom and Dave, as they call themselves. Um, so thank you all, and uh, we'll see you next week. And remember to keep your eyes to the sky.